bless God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Mm, mm. Woo. How many of you are ready for the next level? You're, you're primed. I don't know about, we have been priming everyone. If you have been following us uh, online and even in our services, we started off the new year uh, talking about uh, running into, into God's shelter. Then we talked about staying in the place of shelter. We decided that that place is worship. Uh, we mused at the, at the, I believe the verse in Psalms 91, where God says uh, that he, he has us in his pavilion. And it, it, it blew my mind because most of us see a pavilion as a place where everyone is sitting in the open. And I don't know if you've gotten that, but to have God say to me that he will protect me in his pavilion, <laughs> that your God and my God has the ability and it is his high point to protect you in an open space, to hide you where everyone is looking, to hide you in a place where the adversary is sure you went into, but he can't find you. I don't know about you this morning, but I, there, that's just a place of, of worship for me. Lord, we thank you this morning. Ah, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your, your, your spirit that is here. We thank you, God, for all of the miraculous healings that have been going on. I mean, touching bodies with cancer, healing legs that have been swollen, with blockage in the main artery from touching folks with high blood pressure we are beginning to see you move in the way that you promised and we thank you Father we thank you Father let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable as I attempt to let flow out of me what you have placed, I must decrease and you must increase. Flood this atmosphere with an even greater amount of glory. Let the cloud come down. Those that are listening online, thank you, Father. Thank you. You're healing someone that ex is experiencing stroke-like symptoms right now. Hallelujah. We're not going to wait until tomorrow 
We are believing right now for your healing. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. You're feeling pain in the chest? Uh-huh. Yep, on the right side, right here. God is healing you right now. He's not just clearing that clot, but he's clearing it in a way that it does not, it does not clot some other area and create an aneurysm or create heart failure. He's clearing it so that everything is working normal right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the healing. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the healing. Hallelujah. Send us a report. Let us know. Hallelujah. What God did for you. Glory be to God. I want to take a moment to welcome all our visitors. I see uh, some visitors in our audience. I want to welcome you to the assembly. God bless you. Uh, assembly family, would you welcome our visitors? It is so good to have you here. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. I believe that what God has given me is going to be a three-part series but we don't know. I can't tell you off the bat. Uh, but I do know it's from God. Uh, we've been talking about consecration. Today, uh, we will be talking about something that I believe connects us to the anointing oil, the symbol of God's presence. And uh, what I challenged uh, those on my uh, morning power-up as a matter of fact, if you are listening to us, there are three ways to connect with us. And the very first way is early in the morning, early in the morning, Monday through Friday on Power Up. You've got to go to the Assembly Florence and hit live at 6 o'clock, like us, subscribe to us, and share us. And plug into Power Up because... That's where it all starts. And then we've got, of course, our Sunday morning service that you're looking at right now, that you're involved in. And we want you to feel the blessing of God as you plug in. We also have our Wednesday night Bible study at uh, 7. And all of those things, if you cannot make it into the sanctuary, we understand what the circumstances are. We've done everything that we possibly could to protect our folks, uh, mass mandatory, uh, sanitizing our building after every service, uh, using hands-free sanitizing uh, stations, just a lot. We recently uh, included the ionizers because the question came up about well, if everyone else is wearing a mask, what happens to the guys on stage who are singing without a mask? And so we did some inquiry and research, and we've got an ionizing, two ionizing uh, HEPA uh, filter machines that are purifying the ear in this bubble. Each one covers 900 feet, doing everything in our children's church, everywhere, to make sure that we present and prepare a place that is better than going into the grocery store. 
that if our folks have to go into Walmart and have to go into Lidl's and have to go into Food Lion, uh, then, then they should feel really, really excited about being here because we intend to do more than they're doing to protect you. If you're watching us online and you're questioning whether you should be here, we're still keeping our six-foot distances. Uh, everything that we did before, we haven't stopped because the pandemic is still upon us. We've got vaccines, but God is working, and we will do the wise thing. We will not do foolish things. We will do wise things. Okay. Bless God. So, uh, the, the anointing oil, we're going to pray and bless it at the end of the service. We're going to do communion today. This is our first Sunday of the month. And uh, there's some things. This came about, the, the, commun the uh, uh, oil, supplying oil and blessing and praying over the oil that represents the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as we started to dig in on our power up in the morning, we went through an entire series on breaking generational curses and completely cutting and destroying soul ties. And what we kind of realized was that after all of that breaking is done, there has to be an infilling. That you can't throw out the bad stuff and leave the house empty. You got to fill it with something. And the anointing oil is a symbol of the infilling, the redistribution of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so what we uh, encourage everyone to do is if you got your own oil, bring it. We're going to pray over it today and we're going to pray over it uh, any other Sunday that it comes in. But for those who do not have their own oil, we've also supplied bottles of oil that uh, uh, our uh, leaders just have wonderfully prepared. And uh, those are ready for you. So we bless that at the end of the service and we're good. Anyone that needs to pick up a bottle, can take it home. I uh, say anoint your desk. You got someone at work that is a complete menace. They are disturbing to your, to your fate. They irritate you. Get there early with the anointing oil and anoint onto your desk and their desk. Let the Holy Spirit fight your battle for you. Someone that's sick, someone that's not doing good, anoint them. A family member that is acting up, that's staying in your house, get there, be well, they're not there, and anoint their bed, the head of their bed, and the foot of their bed. I mean, start, uh, start a spiritual war against whatever is warring against you. Stop backing up. We're done backing up. Look at someone and tell them, I'm done backing up. I'm done backing up. I'm not looking for a fight, but if you come for me, devil, I'm going to let you have it. I'm not looking to shoot nobody, but if you come for me, I'm going to shoot you. Simple as that. Because we are not taking it anymore. It's like the, the, uh, the commercial. It's, it's my money. And I want it now. This is my time. This is my victory. This is my place of abode. This is my place of work. This is my car. These are my children. I'm not going to take it anymore. Back up or you're going to get it. That's how we're treating the adversary from this point on. We will not 
take his mess lying down. We started the beginning of the year talking about running in to God as your shelter. Then we talked about staying in. Then we went to a uh, couple days ago or a week ago. We talked about the fact that uh, we spent so much of our time going from, from praying for one heal, physical healing to another physical healing. That we spent so much of our time going from emergency to emergency, asking God to help you here and help you there. Because we are focusing on only what we see and what we feel. And if you have been focusing on only what you see and what you feel and using that to spur your prayer, then you are only trusting God for physical, natural healing. If you follow Luke 17 and you see the story of the ten lepers that came, they saw Jesus coming into Jerusalem through Samaria and said, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. That was the first lesson. You cry for mercy and you have an authentic heart that is humble before God, he's going to heal you. He's going to heal you. But there was one leper after Jesus healed the, ten, the nine, the ten, one of them came back. And that one, Jesus said to him, because you have come back and you have come back in worship, remember, all ten started off asking for what? Mercy. One comes back and he said, it's not good enough for me to just ask for mercy because mercy will give me my physical healing. But there's more. I believe the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, Jesus, the Son of God, can give me more. And when he came back and bowed down, put his head to the ground and worshiped, Jesus said, your fate has made you whole. There is a big difference between physical healing and complete wholeness. And we have been living too long, going from healing to healing to healing, to healing to healing, from band-aid to band-aid, from band-aid to band-aid, from band-aid to band-aid. And we need to move out of that realm. There is a call on God's people He's not going to force himself on you. But he's calling and he's saying, it's on the table, guys. If you want to, we can move you from physical healing only to complete wholeness. He's going to touch your money. He's going to touch your children. He's going to touch your wife. He's going to touch your husband. He's going to touch your car. He's going to touch your job. He's going to come all over you. And everything you touch, everything you touch, everything you touch, everything, hey, everything you touch, everything you touch, everything you pray over, everything you apply the blood to, will come back to you in wholeness. 
Somebody better praise God because we're done with this healing to healing, emergency to emergency. Give God a hand because you are, have got, you have got the template. You understand? And we are no more living from paycheck to paycheck, healing to healing, stress to stress. We are living in wholeness. And the secret to wholeness is worship. God will give you mercy if you cry out to him, but he'll give you wholeness if you worship him. Ooh, hallelujah. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. How many of us want to abide under the shadow? You want to abide under the shadow. You want to abide in his wholeness. Oh, he that dwelleth in the secret place. The place that is secret, the place that is secret is the place of worship. So we went through all of these things and we've been building and I said to God, well, what, what, where are we going, God, with this? Where are we going? And about a month ago, I got this, this urge to, to speak on, on defending. I, I was reading some literature and it talked about the adversary stealing of what belongs to me. And so inside, because of what I knew about my own life, I said, I got to study this. I've got to pray over this. I want to preach about this. And God says to me, hold your horses, son. Hold your horses. You can't defend what I give you unless you're ready to defend it. If you go into a, 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 a gunfight with a knife, you will lose every time. If you go in to a gunfight with a spear, you're going to lose every time. If you don't match the adversary up properly, if you don't, if you are not assured that what you are carrying in weaponry is superior to what he is posing, then don't go looking for a fight. As a matter of fact, if you're not ready, he's going to come for you. You don't have to invite him. You don't have to tell him, come over, I'm ready to fight. He's been waiting. He's been waiting to attack you. So after a month, a month and a half of going through all of these other things that God said, deal with family curses, deal with generational curses, deal with soul ties, breaking of them. I talked about it during our soul tie discussions that there are folks in church that you, you, are, you are at home, you are married, you, are, you, you still have a bracelet that somebody gave to you that you used to have a thing for 10 years ago. You still wear a ring because it's diamond. I can't throw away this. But it's a soul tie. I, 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 I can't. Some of us are. Because we absolutely don't know. We still got that thing for that person. And so you got their, old, their picture hidden in back of the frame behind another picture. And you're wondering why 
you have been living your Christian life under so much weight. I talked to my mom a few days ago and we started talking about the word of God and started crying, started talking some more crying. I was on the phone with mom for about an hour. And the thing that we stopped at was the fact that we believe that so many Christians, the non-believers, they're going to catch up as God, as God brings them into the fold. But so many believers have been dying from the coronavirus in the flesh because their spiritual and emotional immunity was already compromised before corona got there. How do you think your body will fare under the attack of the immune system in the physical by the coronavirus or any other virus? If your emotional and spiritual immunity was already compromised before the attack came. You are a sitting duck. I believe that believers have lost their lives because they did not understand that your spiritual and emotional immunity has to be built up. And you can't build it up when you're under attack with corona. Immunity is always built up before sickness gets there. Immunity is always built up before attack arrives. Immunity is always built up before trouble comes. And so we wonder quite often, even after God sends us the help, that the adversary is fighting, fighting. Daniel said, uh, God told Daniel, said, I sent the answer to you 21 days ago. 21 days ago. But in the atmosphere, the devil himself was fighting Michael in the atmosphere trying to stop him from getting my answer to you. Most of the people that are dying from the coronavirus, once they get to the hospital, they don't last over two weeks. And if they're lucky, they get to three weeks and then they die. So if the adversary is fighting your deliverance, your answer for 21 days. You don't have time. Your immunity in the spirit has to be built up. Your immunity in your emotional life has to be built up before the attack gets here. And the way to do that is to repent for you and your family to ask God I don't even know why God is leading me to recap all of this stuff right now but somebody needs to it's, we're not even in the message this, that's why this is a three part series you've got to repent break these things in the spirit Break these things, break these generational curses, break these soul ties, break the, 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 the bent 
that causes you uh, uh, the bent of misinformation all of your life, spiritual misinformation, and you're hung up on just asking God for physical healing when all of this time you've had complete wholeness waiting on you. You've got to break it. You've got to repent for you and your family. Then you've got to break the spirit of unforgiveness. Whatever was done to you, you've got to give it to God. You cannot repent and be unforgiving. I know it is not the American way. Ooh, somebody's going to be mad with me. But I just got to let you know, we have enough proof around us, even though we call ourselves a godly nation, our nation is built on unforgiveness. Our, our nation has been built on unforgiveness. Folks don't want to forgive because uh, their ancestors were in slavery, and others don't want to forgive because their ancestors lost the slaves. And it's in your family's DNA, and it's holding you back, and it's cursing you now, and you've got to break it. Even if you are not involved in it, you've got to break it. You've got to break it for you. You've got to break it for your family. You've got to break it for your grandma, your great-grandma. You are the one that is accountable now, and you are responsible for breaking the generational curse. So after all of these things, God said to me, Friday, he said, you're ready now. You can go into defending your portion. Defending your portion. Because as God delivers you, as God breaks chains, as God renews you, your portion will start to build up. <laughs> your resource will start to build up. Your, the things, the blessings of God will start to accumulate before they were going through your fingers like a sieve, like a, like a strainer. But, but because we've addressed all of these things, we've got the template for deliverance and breakthrough and living in victory. You're ready. You're ready. Now that your portion is going to begin accumulating, now you have got to know how to defend your portion. And so he released it to me. And here we go. Many times God blesses us with things. He extends his mercy and his favor. We experience his goodness. We pray for and receive his blessings. And then we lose it. We pray for a good job. We pray for healing. We pray for a good marriage or a better marriage. And then somehow we manage to lose it. There are things we must do to stop this loss of blessing. And even better, to protect our portion, our blessing from Satan's thievery.
Look at somebody and tell them, if I don't get something, I'm getting how to stop the thievery. Go ahead and tell him. If I don't get anything, I'm going to get how to stop Satan's thievery. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If I don't get anything, I'm going to get how to stop Satan's thievery. Hallelujah. Somebody, you need to talk. You need to say that until it starts to get into your spirit and you just bust out with a, with a hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I'm going, if I don't get anything today, I'm going to get how to stop Satan's thievery. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So here we go. Look with me at 2 Samuel 2 Samuel chapters 23, we're going to read from verses 8 through 12. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. This is an account of three, of three men in the Bible that have been described as the mighty men of David. David, as you, you and I know, was a warrior he was a military man. His leadership attracted, attracted mighty warriors with special training around him. Today we would call them Navy SEALs. We would call them special forces. We would call them commandos. We would call them Delta Force. We would call them uh, elite mercenaries. These were guys because God was preparing them. One of the things, uh, I can't go into that. Ooh, my Lord. I know it's for later, Lord. Okay. Because David had proved himself so mightily in battle, starting right off the bat, the minute God introduced him into the public eye, he fights Goliath. <laughs> Isn't that a recommendation for leadership? I'm not starting from the back of the line. Get me the tallest, biggest. How many of you, how many of you know that works? You were in high school, you were in elementary school. If you wanted to set the tone, do not mess with me. The best thing that could happen... It's for you to get into a fight with the biggest, toughest, hungry on the block and beat him down. And once that happens, you don't have any more problems. Everybody compares their ability to attack you on your ability to defend against this big guy. And nobody wants to mess with you. It is even possible that some of them are more skilled at particular and would beat you if you got into a fight with them. But you set the tone. You found the biggest, meanest one, and you beat him down. That was David. So there is no wonder that all of these mighty men from around close and far territories that had specialized ability were attracted to him. And they said, we want to come fight with you. Almost all of them were non-Israelites. <laughs> That's the kind of guy 
he was. Uh, uh, when I read this, all I could think about is uh, General Schwarzkopf. How many of you guys remember General Schwarzkopf from Desert Storm? He looks like, to me, when I look at him walk, just the way he walked, he looked to me like he was a, the cross between, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, to, what, what he would be like, but he just had a, a presence. When General Schwarzkopf walks into the room, he's tall, big, and he speaks with, <clears throat> carries his voice, carried weight. These guys looked to David that way, and they followed him. We're looking at three of them this morning. Follow me in our reading. These are the names of the mighty men whom David had. Joseph, Bashabeth, the Tatmanite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esnite. Because he had killed 800 men at one time. Verse 9. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Aeolite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated the men of Israel had retreated. That will become important in a little bit. All the other fighting soldiers of the army, when they see the Philistines and their battle array, they run away and David and his three mighty men stand. They were gathered there for battle, and the men of Israel retreated. They ran away. Verse 10. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. Say great victory. And the people returned after his victory only to plunder. So they run away when the battle is there. These are his buddies. They trained with him. They practice sword fighting with him. And when they see the enemy, they run away. But not only do they run away, they come back to plunder everything that the enemy lost after the enemy is gone. Don't you like friends like that? That when the battle is raging, they are nowhere to be found. But they will be right there if, you, if the call went out that somebody bought you a lottery ticket and you won $50 million. They will call you and tell you they're praying for you. They've had you on their mind. They've been fasting. Do you have any prayer needs? I mean, they all, they all come out. After the battle is gone. Verse 11. And after him was Shemach. This is the guy we're going to focus on today. Son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. 
Lentils, as you know, is a, uh, a bean. Is it a bean or kind of like barley? It was, a, it was a staple, like our rice now. It was lentils then. The enemy had surrounded them on their patch of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines once again. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field. And defended it. And killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about, once again, a great victory. Who brought it about? Who brought it about? What kind of victory? Who brought it about? Who brought it about? What kind of victory? A vi great victory. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Defend your portion. Defend your portion. Defend your portion. In these days, there were lots of wars. There were lots of wars going on. There were not any territorial treaties and boundaries. There was no territorial sovereignty like we have Japan, United States, Russia. Everybody's got their own space. There's no need to fight because we have treaties. We have boundaries that have been set. And it's set. If you try to take somebody's land from them now, two or three other countries will come together and stop you from doing it. Why? Because the treaties and boundaries have been set. That was not the way it was under the timeline of what we just read. There were no territorial sovereignty like we have today. In those days, nations, nations gained wealth, not through productivity. Thank God we have productivity today. But through warfare. And so when you produced, someone came and took it. When you built, someone overpowered, evicted you. When you planted, the enemies came at harvest time and stole the first fruit of your labor. So always you couldn't only produce what you needed to live. You also had to defend your portion. What is portion for you and I? What is portion? Some of us, we, I got to get back to just basic, basic. What is portion? What is portion? I've got three things that I want to give you. And that's why we're not going to probably finish this today. 1142. Your portion is your destiny. Your portion is your destiny. As determined by God. That's the broad statement. Your portion, that's number one. A, your portion is your destiny. You got to know what you're defending before you start defending. His place of honor and significance 
It includes your salvation, your spiritual birthright through inheritance, meaning that, that any son in the faith that comes up unto me, any daughter in the faith that comes up unto me, or any son in the faith that comes up unto Pastor Ron, or daughter in the faith that comes up unto him, we have the right to download on them spiritual birthright that they will literally take with them into ministry. They will literally take with them into life. You, don't, don't, you guys, don't, don't come, come asking us to be your spiritual kids. God's already got you covered. It's just an example. The spiritual kids will show up. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Divine healing. Remember what we're talking about. Your portion is your destiny as determined by God. It's your salvation, your spiritual birthright through inheritance, divine healing, all the promises of God in his word is your portion. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, the two of us are one and the same, you will be able to ask what you will because I'm asking through you. And it shall be done. It is part of your destiny, it is part of my destiny to walk in the promises of God and see them come to fruition in our lives. B, your portion is reflected in your God-given gifts and talents. Your portion is not just your destiny, but your portion is reflected in your God-given gifts and talents. This includes your spiritual gifts and callings on your life that Satan wants to steal. He wants to steal your gifts. He wants to steal your talents. He wants to steal the use of your gifts and the use of your talents. Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Because these things are part of your what? Your portion. These things are part of your portion. You and I have the right to defend what God has given you as portion in your life. Number three, your portion represents the opportunities that God brings your way in your life. Your portion represents the opportunities God brings your way. God will arrange events and arrange situations to your advantage so you can manifest his way of doing things to the world. Satan wants you to lose your opportunities by neglect, by having a bad attitude, by turning your head to distractions, and by making foolish decisions. You can go back and recap all of this. I believe they've got it on the, the screen uh, on the website, so you'll be able to go back and look at some of this. Number four, your portion 
are your achievements and your successes. A relationship with God is an achievement and a success. A good name is an achievement and a success. One of the things I was somewhat dismayed about outside of the U.S., it doesn't mean as much because quite often countries don't run, your whole life is not run on a credit score. But here it is. So it was quite worrying to me when we got to the States, my family, and I realized that for several generations in my family, probably eight that I could remember, that I could go back, uh, all the firstborn males name was Burton Ross. So my son's name, my other son is Burton Avery Ross. It's just the middle name that's changed. My name is Burton Andrew Ross. My father's name is Burton Alfonso Ross. My grandfather's name is Burton Albert Ross, and it goes on and on. And that name came with this ring and a talk when you got to be 18, 19, that listen, Burton Ross means something. And now that you're in America, it's very easy for the credit system to mix your Burton Ross with my Burton Ross, because we both living in the same house. So I, I, am, I am warning you, son. I am warning you. Do not mess up my name. And so oh, I was all so cautious, so very cautious. Oh, I made a couple of whoops in my life. But eventually I came around and got credit score up in the 800s and so on. God is good. Hallelujah. But it came with learning eventually how to be disciplined. <laughs> The, the, way, the way you get blessed is to deny yourself, live below your means, and be disciplined. And I'm telling you, it is one of the hardest things we will learn as human beings. Because our humanity does not want to be disciplined. Saying that to say... That your portion is also your achievements and your success. A relationship with God is an achievement and a success. A good name is an achievement and a success. An education is an achievement and a success. A respected position in the company. A place of influence in the community. A profitable business. All of these are achievements and successes and God is the one who has allowed you to have those things they're part of your portion every time God gives you something there will be adversaries set in array to contend against you for it every time every time and so it is in our text Point number one, if you and I will defend our portion that God has given us, 
Here's the first thing. You have to be alert. Be alert and stay alert. Because when God blesses you, the enemies will come. That's not point number one. Be alert and stay alert. Because the enemies will come. They don't need an invitation. They don't need a, 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 a phone call. They will invite themselves to your party every single time. They will attempt to crash your party. To mess up your favor. To derail your destiny. But you got to do something. If you know, if you know, come on, I'm, I'm getting someplace and I'm going to stop. If you understand that God has given you a portion to defend, then you have to stay aware and be aware. Be aware and stay aware because the enemy will come. We know that. But God made a promise. God made a promise. Here's what I say you have to do. Walk with the Spirit and live in the Spirit. Walk with the Spirit and live in the Spirit. Would you pull up 1 Peter 5, 6 through 9? Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the fate. Knowing that the same suffering are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Resist. Stay ready. Stay focused. Stay disciplined. If you are going to defend your portion this morning... You gotta, you gotta know that the enemy is on his way. He's coming and he's gonna try to take what you've got from you. So you have to walk with the spirit and walk in the spirit. If I walk in the spirit, I will not what? I will not fulfill the lustful desires of the flesh. If I walk in the spirit, I don't only want to walk in the spirit, I want to walk with the spirit. I want that when I'm walking in the grocery store and I stand near to somebody that is, that is not right, that somebody that needs help, someone that is sick, that they literally not just see the presence of God in me, but they feel the presence of God on me. Do I have a witness? You want, this is where you want to be. You want to not just have the glory of God in you so people see it in your face, see it in your, in your smile, see it in, in your demeanor, but you also want the glory of God to be all over you, on you, so that when you stand in the marketplace, 
I'm ready, guys. I'm ready to be walking in Walmart and stand in the line and have the glory of God well up in me. And I'm as quiet as a church mouse, but the glory of God is raging in me in worship. And as I worship on the inside, somebody who needed a healing standing behind me screams out and falls to the ground slain in the spirit. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. You know why? Because the person who got cancer that just got healed does not mind looking shameful in Walmart. Everybody. My dad used to say to me, son, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die. We all want the presence of God. We all want the glory of God. We all want everything God has in store for us, but we don't want him too radical. This is not a mixed bag, guys. This is not a mixed bag. You don't get to pick and choose. You either want the glory or you don't want it. You either want the power or you don't want it. You don't get to run on half power. That when the glory of God comes upon you and the glory of God saturates you, you're going to walk out in the grocery store and stuff, crazy stuff, crazy God stuff is going to start to happen. You got to know that. I'm going to read this poem from Henry Wadsworth, Longfellow, one of my favorites in school, and then we're going to end here for today. We're going to continue the series next week. The heights of great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight. But they while their companions slept, were toiling upwards through the night. There is no easy way for this. You and I are going to fight our way. You're going to fight your way. You're going to fight your way into protecting your portion. You're going to fight. The enemy will come. That's all we're getting to today. They were there, and the enemy showed up trying to take what God had given them as a portion. After next week, we're going to talk about standing, defending, and seeing provision. Here's another Af old African proverb they say it is. He who wakes up and finds himself a success has not been asleep. You are not going to just wake up in church and have the glory of God shining on you. You are not just going to be an average Christian and walk in the power of God that cripples the enemy at your feet. You are not going to make the least sacrifice possible and get the most glory probable. It does not work. It will not happen. There will be a price to pay. There is a price to pay. And I'm telling you, I am telling you from experience, if the price is paid, the result is unmatched. I'm going to keep, because I'm still seeding. I told you guys I'm going to keep you abreast as God starts to unfold seed harvest. 
I'm going to share it with you. I'm not sharing it this Sunday. But there was a seed harvest that just started breaking out. I couldn't. It's related to transportation. I told you guys, I said, I am not. I told Pastor Ron, I am not going to invest in a new vehicle until God tells me to. I don't care who say, Pastor, you're the pastor. You should be driving a nice, expensive car. No, God didn't tell me. And I'm not going to do it if it's going to be pressure on me. I'm not going to do it unless it comes with peace. And so I said, I ain't going to do it, and I haven't been looking. And would you know, something just rolled out. Some just kind of roll, just roll. I, I still can't believe it. We're going to finalize things tomorrow, maybe Tuesday. But I'm telling you, you start sowing seed, you start believing God, it's going to put pressure on you, it's not going to hurt you, your family not going to be left without food so that you could get the best house. No, 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 no. That is not how God works. That is not how God works. That is not how my God works. The word said, he is a rewarder, hallelujah, glory be to God, of them that diligently, that committedly, that deep down focus, God, I will not move until you move me. Lord, I will not go until you send me. Lord, I will not spend until you release me. Uh, uh. Lord, I thank you this morning. Thank you because you've started us on the road. You've taken us through the process. You've taken us through the process. You've taken us through the process. And we're still in the process right now of weeding things away, weeding things away, weeding things away. Getting the, we the, the, the weight off, getting the weight off, getting the weight off, getting the weight off. Ridding ourselves from whatever has been besetting us and our families so that we can walk in purpose and we can defend our portion. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. 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 Father, as we go into our communion time, We come and consecrate ourselves. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Would you get your cups ready? If you're at home, we'd like you to participate with us. Any kind of juice but alcoholic. This is communion. It is not drunkardness this is communion so get a little piece of bread at home a little bit of juice in the cup I'm going to ask Pastor Ron our executive pastor to read what the word of God says about that we're going to bless the items we're going to go through a period of consecration asking God to cleanse you and wash you and prepare you and then we're going to partake Pastor Ron Paul said, For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, 
took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take this and eat it this is my body which is broken for you this do in remembrance of me after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me for as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup ye do show the lord's death till he comes Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Can you just take a moment and just purify yourself, consecrate yourself. Remember, the glory of God cannot flow through a clogged vessel. Clear your pipes out. Repent of any sin, anything iniquity. Stuff that you don't even know you did wrong. Go ahead and re repent. Father, cleanse me. Wash me. Purify me. Purify me. Wash me. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Father, I present to you this, this, and this. You know these pressing issues. I need healing in this area. I need deliverance. I need wholeness in my finances. I need wholeness in my marriage. I need wholeness on my job. It's stressing me too much. I need wholeness. This is what we're talking to God about right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as we participate in this symbolic representation of your body that was put on the cross for us and your blood that was drained out of your body for our redemption we ask God that you will not just cleanse us purify us and wash us but that you will minister to our need you will minister to our ah! Somebody needs to thank God right there. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to my need. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to my need. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to my need. Thank you, Lord, for wholeness. Thank you, Lord, for wholeness. Thank you, Lord, for wholeness. Hey, Shalom Akusha. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you participate with me? Partake. The wafer represents his body that was nailed on the cross for our sin. Now we have the juice in your cup that represents his blood, the blood that flowed down the cross of Calvary, the blood that washes away your iniquity the blood that washes away our transgression, the blood that washes our trespasses and brings us into a brand new relationship with God himself. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Would you drink with me? you stand with me holy 
holy are you Lord God just sing that once with me worthy is the Lamb worthy is the Lamb you are holy holy are you Jesus. Before we leave, I would like uh, Pastor Ron, if you can, myself, Ms. Judy, if you can step over to the table here. Uh, Deacon Charles, any of the uh, up-and-coming ministers that are here with us. Uh, Pastor Taylor, would you mind if you can get up here? You are a patriarch in our congregation, and your blessing on anything we do means a lot. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Uh, Deaconess, uh, Jones and uh, Minister Angela. Uh, who else is here? Jason. There you go. Would you mind coming down? Am I missing any other of our leaders? This is a very important thing here. I said in the beginning that we're going to declare war on the adversary. We're not, we're not messing around anymore. We're not going to live like strangers. We're not going to live like second-class citizens. We're not going to live in defense any longer. We're telling the adversary right now, I'm not going to come hunting for you, but don't mess with me. Don't come for me, Satan. Go ahead and tell him. Don't come for me, devil. Don't, do not, do not, do not, do not come. Because I'm ready myself for you. We're going to apply the blood. We're going to anoint our homes. We're going to anoint our family members. We're going to consecrate ourselves again. And we're going to see breakthrough in the next 90 to 120 days. You're going to see things happening in your home. Ha! Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Could the leaders come around and just put, stretch their hands over the anointing? Or, uh, we have the mic. I'm going to ask Pastor Taylor to pray over the oil as we take it. We've got the mic coming, Pastor Taylor. Thank you, Jesus. Would you pray over it? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are our healer. Yes. You are our strength and our power. 
And we ask now, Lord, that you would help us as we pray for this oil that you have declared by your power to bring healing Hallelujah. and deliverance. Hallelujah. That it is applied for in the name of Jesus. Your work in the name of Jesus. And your life in the name of Jesus. In your name, Lord, we pray that you would make it a point in our lives. Yes. When we think of thee and remember all that you've done for us. Oh. And bring us to that place where when we anoint, we're being drawn into that place of your precious work. In your name, Lord. In your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your blessing flow. 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 Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Glory, glory. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you give God a thanksgiving? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, leaders. Uh, for those who've brought their own bottles, uh, immediately after church you can get it. Uh, take it and use it. Uh, Minister Angela uh, will function over the others. If you don't have a bottle of oil and you want to take one with you to the house, we have others that we prepared for you and you can just have one freely for your family. We're also going to be sending those on our Power Up. We've got scores of people, I think hundreds of them on Power Up in the morning and that want anointing oil, we're going to send out to them too. But God bless you. May the grace of God And the peace of his presence, the sweet communion of his love, and the abundance of his grace rest on you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much, those of you who plugged in with us online, come check us out in the morning. God bless you.